In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hey everybody, I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Corwin Kroll. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 277. Yes, back to back, Hal Jordan in the core. <laughs> Uh, the good news is, besides the fact that it's natural for us to do to do a four-issue episode since it's a four-issue arc, and it's an interesting arc at that, the quest for hope. That whole, another benefit of this uh, four-issue episode is, by luck of the draw, if things go our way ever so slightly, we might actually be able to dig ourselves out of, of the hell and the core hole by the end of May now. Because <laughs> as we speak, there's only one episode of Hal and the Core that's come out since. Even though by the time this gets released, that'll probably be back up to two. But it's still a step in the right direction. <laughs> exactly. As we're trying to get, you know, catch up. I, I I see light at the end of the tunnel. No pun intended. Blue light. Um. So, Corwin has been gracious enough to come back. Uh, he's been my main go-to guy lately, and I appreciate it greatly, <laughs> very greatly, to help help uh, go through some of these reviews. And this is a and this is an arc that actually plays to both of our interests too, especially with the the nature or the relationship between the Green Lanterns and the Yellow Lanterns establishing here or being established, and of course Arkillo, Saint Walker, and there'll be just plenty of just cannon fodder to dig into. And <laughs> oh, oh, yes, there will be blood. <laughs> uh, all right, so on, um, so. I'm going to do issues 14 and 16, 15 and 17 for Corwin. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get, get us going. I have the standard the standard cover of the constipated looking Saint Walker with Hal and, and Kyle behind him, uh, or we prefer to think of it as the deep in thought Saint Walker, not the I've had too many pizzas in a three day period Saint Walker. But nonetheless, so this is Quest for Hope Part One. Let's get go through the creative team. Uh, Robert Venditti, Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, Tamu More, uh, Dave Sharp's letterer. I go over the font. I hate when they change the font when I have my glasses because now I can't read anything. <laughs> Oi. Uh, so Sandoval, Tarragona, and More did the main cover. Kevin Nolan, Y, still did the variant cover. Uh, Andrew Marino, Mike Cotton, and Eddie Berganza round out the editors. So we begin in Space Sector 2809, uh, otherwise known as the Smuggler's Corridor, where there's no way to begin a bet- an arc better than having a space cabbie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
So you have basically this is kind of like what Guy Gardner would have been if he needed the jobs. <laughs> he wasn't flying, <laughs> and he wasn't wasn't from Earth, but he this you could see Guy Gardner doing this job, kind of like a Han Solo esque character. Space cabbie's flying. He's being chased. He's you know he's he's kind of worried about you know his cargo, and of course we see green energy construct chains with hooks, and they they basically wrap up Space Cabby's ship, and we and Guy and Space Cabby have a relationship going back in the day. And Guy pretty makes makes it clear that you know he doesn't really care about the contraband that you're carrying. This you know maybe I'll even drop you off someplace where nobody will really care either. But you know I'm really interested in you helping me with this. And he basically makes it clear he's interested in trying to track down members of the Sinestro Corps. With that, we segue back to Mogo, where we have the uh, picking up where we left off last issue with the big announcement that the Green Lantern Corps and the the Yellow Lantern slash former Sinestro Corps are going to be working together, partnering pretty much you know one of each color per sector, and you know this is like in the the, the early moments after that monumental decision, and, and Hal's kind of like you know they're under one roof. How is this going to work, John? And Hal says to him, and it's like uh, I haven't figured it out yet, but you know, but yeah, but at least it's a start. You know, we should work together and. They, Hal kind of tries to go back to you know what happened way back in way back now in the new in the new 52 when he went rogue and of course John kind of says ah I already Kilowog already told me about that you know I I you know I, I understand what you were trying to do it, it may it's the dumbest plan like <laughs> it's the dumbest <laughs> plan I ever heard of but which is why I don't have any doubt for a second that you came up with it. Oh, John. <laughs> He's got that charming leadership strategy or style. <laughs> um, uh, Hal kind of gives his, you know, approval to John, saying you're the best man to lead the core. And it's like uh, <laughs> John's all happy that, that Hal's here because he figures that, you know, Hal being here might make, you know, the transition a little easier and the acceptance of this new status quo a little easier. And, of course, that's when Hal tells John, well, actually, I can't stay. <laughs> Of course, and, and I do love the face palm by John. That is, that's great. It's like, oh, ju- oh yeah, just, just do whatever you need to do, man. I go, and I like Hal on the way out. Fly you anywhere, core leader, <laughs> except into that big meeting. Um, so now we have the Hal Jordan list meeting with Sora and John, pretty much making their announcement about the partnership, about how they're joining forces and. And pretty much how <clears throat> how the, you know, the Green Lanterns have now kind of the, kind of reasserted themselves as the, the proper police force in the in the universe. The you know the Sinestro Corps is kind of scattered. There's not enough Green Lanterns or really Sinestro Corps members on their own to do the job, so they're kind of going to work together. Uh, while, while this is going on, Hal <laughs> kind of flies through where Ganthet, Sade, and, and Kyle happen to be, and John uh, and Hal goes to Kyle. You know we got to go, and <laughs> Kyle's like, it's like, uh, I, I want to hear what John and Sornick have to say. <laughs> and Gathic kind of points out that, uh, you know, you have far more important things to do. We are the last guardians of the universe. In this matter, we have no doubt. And I do like this. Wonderful. Nothing horrible ever began with those words. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we kind of get the first glimpse of the strategy that, or the tactics that Sora and John are going to use regarding the 
Sinestro Corps members that did not come willingly <laughs> to the table or join her during the destruction of War World, that more or less they're going to be tracked down and given two choices, you know, sign, sell, or or join us. So, um, <clears throat> Now, you know, I, I love these little cliches I've been throwing out lately. Accelerating across transluminal space. I think they did something similar in the last issue. That Hal and Kyle are shooting off in space on a special mission. Uh... John, kind of, I mean, excuse me, Hal kind of fails Kyle in that, you know, we, you know, we, you know, this is a job for you, for you because you're the White Lantern and your ring taps into the emotional spectrum, you know, all, all parts of it. And well, this job needs, needs me because I'm me, <laughs> which, which is, well, I'm sure we're both going to talk about this and we've kind of, it's kind of been building towards this anyway, this whole weird dynamic that's going on between Kyle and Hal. And while I don't, I don't like Hal coming across as kind of like being this arrogant cocky dick <laughs> it is kind of part of Hal's personality though it's not when he's written this way it doesn't make him as likable just like when they started when Jeff Johns wrote him this way when they started the new 52 Justice League it was really hard to deal with mm-hmm. that at least has aspects of that in real in Hal so it's not really untrue but this whole kind of as I referred to it before this whole dick measuring between Hal and Kyle that just keeps going on and on kind of is is really weird uh, and, and there's nothing in their in their history that 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 you know would really lead us to believe they should interact that way, except for, of course, Carol. Then she'd yeah, be the one put a woman in the right? equation. Yeah, she'd be the one doing the measuring then. Uh, <laughs> so they find this, you know, this this kind of like lava Mustafar-like planet, uh, and Kyle starts, you know, cracking off jokes, and Hal kind of says, you know, I really, basically, I really don't need you to be funny right now. <laughs> we got more serious things to want, you know, to, to deal with. Uh, Hal kind of creates a shield. To try, you know, try to protect them. That's what he says. You got to focus. You know, we, we, there's, you know, we're here for a reason. We need to find hope. Uh, that's what I was basically kind of going back to. What Hal was told was um, an emerald space. That when Abin Sur and everybody told him, you know, he needed to he needed to find hope, and pretty much because of Kyle's connection to the to the overall spectrum is is stronger. Obviously, even though there's a relationship between blue and green, Kyle, because he can actually tap into blue directly, he's he's more the natural man for this job. Kyle kind of, you know, once again, kind of says, "Hey, you know, the, the you know the 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 the, the, the will Green Lantern of all time needs my help." It's like, "Hey, you know, that that's that's great." And and Hal's just kind of like, "Get on with it, <laughs> just do it." Um, so Kyle reaches out. He kind of senses hope and goes, "I, I know it's faint." But it's it's kind of fading, but it's over there. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Kyle pretty much get how how wants Kyle to go like investigate what you know with a. Well, let's, let me just let me not get ahead of myself here. Uh, it's really easy to do in this issue mm-hmm. that uh, basically. Hal and when Hal and Kyle are kind of having their discussion, and again Kyle continues to be overly jokey, that they kind of realize that there's these weird kind of like almost. It's kind of hard to describe these aliens. They kind of like it's a combination, almost like Fin Fang Foom and the Alien Queen from Aliens. <laughs> yeah, they're. I don't even know what to say. They look like. Yeah, it's it's really or Jin Dragon Man too. It's kind of like all this weird combination, but you have these weird, freaky-looking flying. Alien queen-like aliens coming at you know these ginormous ones all you know, dwarfing Kyle and and Hal and Hal goes does that answer your question why we have to you know what we have to do and why we're here and yada yada back on Mogo Kilowog John and Sora are having their conversation about 
about hunting down the yellows. What are we going to do? And just just like then, just like the cavalry, here comes <laughs> here comes Guy Gardner with Space Cabby in tow. Basically, Space Cabby's looking to make a deal, and and he's got you know a lot of intel about where you know where the yellow lanterns are, and he's they kind of pointing it out about you know they they show Arkillo, which is a clearly foreshadowing, and they show you know they Tomar and. So they're kind of pointing out this, you know, this is where we heard about this yellow lantern. This is where we heard about this yellow lantern. It's like, uh, <laughs> I like Space Cabby. You're impressed with all this, aren't you? <laughs> and John just, you know, deadpans is like, you got it. You got yourself a deal. Uh, you know, Kyle. Now we switch back. Kyle's trying to talk to this monster alien thing, and Hal's just like, Kyle, will you get out of here and basically go find the find that trail of blue? I'll deal with these guys. Uh, and Kyle again, just like always, oh, playing me like your kid brother, Hal. It's like, geez, I think Kyle needs some therapy. <laughs> uh, Kyle's again in, in the whole, you know, I, anything you can do, I can do, do better. Needs, you know, he starts dealing with the aliens, and it's like, uh, go do it. You know, this is why you're here, Kyle. Do it. You know, go find, go find the blue. I'll, I'll do what I do. You do what you do. You know. So Kyle's like, shut up, you need backup, and Hal, I'll muddle through. I like that. Um, <clears throat> so Kyle, Hal pretty much does what he needs to do. He kind of engages these aliens long enough while, you know, Kyle, Kyle, you know, literally it's like climbing a mountain here trying to track down the blue, and all of a sudden, you know, we get to the very end, and we find, you know, surrounded by more of these aliens encased in a blue energy shield uh, is Saint Walker and these, you know, these the Misery Mound, as we found out that they're called. It's like uh, relinquish your hope; you are prey to the Misery Mound. And thus ends part one. What do you think? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, it had its awkward moments. I mean, the whole Colin Hal thing, as you mentioned before. But I'm loving Guy. I love the part where Guy was trying to tell John what was up, and he whispered it really low about immunity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> His words just trailed down and got a little smaller and smaller. <laughs> I made a deal. I made a deal. <laughs> Ixnay on the prison A. <laughs> yeah, Guy, Guy came across well. I mean, Guy is really, did definitely – he definitely came across well on this issue. Yep. And as far as evenness goes and nitpicking in this issue, I, in this arc, this issue isn't so bad. You know, no, the art is very solid, too. Yes, the art is solid. The, uh, I mean, we kind of knew they were going to find St. Walker here. Why? We have no idea, and we still don't have any idea how he got here. <laughs> but you know, that was we knew it was coming, but it's kind of cool to have St. Walker there. Yeah, I, I really – maybe now, but since we – and we can talk about this more once we get to the resolution of this arc and and where Kyle is at the end. Maybe there'll mm-hmm. be a little bit less of that now. Maybe uh, of this whole back and forth between them, especially since it really it does really seem to be coming from Kyle. You know, in a way, you would think it would be coming from Hal because Hal would be the one who's more like who you can make a case. Hal's the one who should be jealous or have issues with Kyle because he was the mm-hmm. one who, uh, you know shacking up with his girlfriend there. So, but it's basically coming from Kyle, and that's what doesn't make a lot of sense. They've never had that relationship before, and it's like, oh yeah, don't tell me what you always treat me like a like I'm the water boy. I can deal with you know, and it's like, it's like Kyle's letting his ego get ahead of you know his brain, and when it comes to thinking 
about what's, you know, there's a real reason why Hal's doing what he's doing, so. But, yeah, overall, I did, I did like this issue. I got, it got things off, it got things off to a good start, I think. And I, I do like the whole concept of basically trying to hunt down the rest, hunt down the rest of the Sinestro Corps and pretty much giving them a choice, you know. So I, I do like that. <clears throat> it makes you wonder how, well, not even how long, but yeah, I guess how long they're going to be able to sit in those science cells before something goes down. Yeah, because it's not like something bad happens to Mogo like every other week. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, we don't even know how Atrocitus and friggin' Dexter got out of jail. <laughs> Well, that's true we too. We assume they were on Mogo. We never really know what happened to them at the in, at the after the last time they they were beat down at the hands of Guy Gardner and Red Lanterns. But we can only assume they were put on Mogo. I mean, maybe they escaped when when they got everything sucked. disappeared. Yes, maybe. But then again, why wouldn't they have got pulled through if Mogo got pulled through? If Mogo himself got physically pulled through, right? Why wouldn't whatever was on Mogo have gotten pulled through? I don't know. But like like 8,000 things <laughs> in both series, especially this one, we ain't getting any explanations, and we may never get explanations until <laughs> we get some another writer. But, well, I mean, I think we may get a little bit more after we see something – well, once we finish this story arc. Um, I think there may be hints at that, but there was one other thing I wanted to – oh, I was going to say, you know, it's about time for us to get a, um, a Secret Files issue soon once they probably even out these – partnerships and stuff yes. yeah where we get names and you know updates of who's who's there and who's around yeah that'd be a good that definitely would be a good idea and i and the thing that's more and we know this is going to have repercussions for the green lanterns title too, the the changing of the sector partner thing so mm-hmm. it'll be i am definitely curious to see how that's going to affect that book because as far as i'm concerned we need something good to affect that book <laughs> <laughs> this i i mean what the momentum is really good as as long as they bring Volthoom in. When Volthoom disappears, that title is really mm, 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 and nah. and Doctor and the whole Doctor Polaris thing, which we'll deal with eventually. It's I'm not, it's not thrilling me. It's like I'm I'm counting the days until Volthoom comes back, <laughs> <laughs> or issue twenty five, which is supposed to be big on Volthoom, uh, from what Humphreys has said. So, oh man, I forgot. It's just I, I bet you guys are just really loving this double shipping, huh? Under normal circumstances, it would. Be, I and when it started, I think we really did like it. Uh, when you, the only problem is, as as we clearly have found out, once you fall behind, <laughs> the double shipping makes it really hard to catch up. <laughs> once Planet of the Apes and Star Trek wrap up, then it'll make it easier. And thank God we did oh, the first yeah. three parts of Star Trek together, because that means we we basically don't have to deal with it until like the last epi- the last issue comes out. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not reading those yet. I don't know. I've just I haven't been super interested in them. I what like um? The second one I don't like so far. But sorry, I don't want to interrupt. What what era to... are these happening around in the lanterns? Is it's it current? Not, it's. I think it's somewhat based on some of the stuff we we have learned in current continuity because I think it refers to. Uh, I think there was something referring to. Saint Walker's tech. Of being able to amplify different colors, I think that was in Star Trek. Plan couldn't have been Planet of the Apes because they killed because Plan because because Say Walker got killed off like in the second page of freaking Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so it was so it wasn't that one, but it's it's an undefined era since their okay. version of Blackest Night in the original Star Trek was not the way ours went down. Damn, so right. It was so it, I don't know. If, I think it's it's up in the it's really up in the air, but. 
Is there anything else for part one? Nope, nope. I'm going to be ready for part two. Cool. Let's hit us with part two. All right. Green, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Quest for Hope, part two. And lucky, lucky me, I got the creative team of... Oh, of uh, Robert Menditti. <laughs> it took me a while to find the page there. They didn't put it on the first page or the second page or the third page, but um, we got the wonderful Ethan Van Skyver on art, Jason Wright on colors, David Sharp on letters, uh, cover by Mikkel Janin, variant by Kevin Nolden. He has like a contract for all these covers, don't he? And as I said last episode, I think he must have blackmail information on DC because I don't <laughs> quite understand why he has an exclusive contract when so many of his covers are really bad. <laughs> so I don't quite understand. I mean, it would be – if they were in variants and they needed someone to do covers, then I could understand that in a pinch, but I don't understand why this guy keeps getting all these exclusive covers. I mean, he's a classic dude, right? He's a classic artist, right? I Old think- school. I, he's, I think he's definitely old school based on the way he draws you know, the, la- the main lanterns, I think. But. <clears throat> All right. Assistant editor Andrew Marino, editor Mike Cotton, and group editor Eddie Berganza. Yay, I was so happy to see Ethan come on this issue because uh, I just love his stuff so much. Yeah, this, this, is a really good, this is a really good issue as far because of the characters he gets to draw. Not counting St. Walker, but I mean, but some most like Hal and Kyle's. Mostly Hal, but sort, but he does Sora and John well too. So, indeed. All right. So, you know, John and Sora kind of laying down the law of the land with the with the rest of the lanterns, letting them know that it's going to be, you know, partner system going on. Of course, a lot of the people, uh, a lot of the members aren't really hip to it, but they break down what's going on. All the Sinestro Corps members that they're going to be looking for, people that are missing. Um, including Crib and Car- is it Carousel? Carousel. Carousel. Yeah. So. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Those two, two of my favorites. But um, as John is, you know, giving out instructions and stuff, he's looking for Guy, and of course, Guy is missing. So he asks his ring to locate Gardner. Ring and his ring is in his quarters, and Guy Gardner's missing. So John is like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody find Gardner. It gives me that um, not Police Academy. What's the other one? Sledgehammer. You remember yeah, Sledgehammer? Yeah, vaguely I remember, <laughs> but I do kind of remember Sledgehammer. One season, but I remember. <laughs> Hammer. <laughs> anyway, so we we cut to Space Sector 1970, Florida, Planet Heap, where uh, guys in some alley roughing up some alien, trying to of course look for a specific somebody. Um. Then we see Cabby's pissed off because back on Mogo, uh, <laughs> guy left him a note. Thanks for the loner. <laughs> so he took his spaceship. I've been carjacked. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, guy's talking to the dude, telling him to put the word out. You know, I'm looking. Basically, he's looking for him, but to let everybody knows that guy's waiting for him and that he's scared and all this other stuff. And I love the fact that he's wearing his uh, warrior T-shirt yep. and his old school leather guy gardener jacket as well. Which which he just conveniently had somewhere on Mogo, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, you know, it's in his locker. Yeah, it is, it's in his locker. <laughs> All right. Along so, with the bowl to cut his hair, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the ring's for. I know. <laughs> um, so Space Sector 3172, as they say, a dying world, a world without hope. Um, uh, Hal and Kyle are still uh, flying around, and for some reason didn't, – didn't they capture both of them last time? Or did they just capture Kyle to end the last issue? Uh, Kyle, well, actually, theoretically, we don't know. I don't think we knew if they captured Kyle, but Kyle was getting close. Hal was still. Hal hadn't gotten there yet because he was still be, basically running, being a block. Oh yeah, right. Because it, 
it, it was St. Walker. Yep, St. Walker was the one. Yeah, Kyle was climbing up in the yeah St. Walker. That's right. All right, so we see that uh, Kyle is got kind of tied up with this monster thingy, and St. Walker is like you know trying to get them to relinquish, as he says, relinquish uh, the White Lantern. And we see that this I don't even know what to call this thing. It's it, it it says I am anguish, I am misery. It's basically the black. Um, he wants to cast all hope into the black, and he wants to basically kill all light is what this thing is trying to do. So as a uh, Hal rushes into things, calling this thing a pile of puke, um, he tries to blast it. Of course, Saint Walker is trying to get him to you know get them to actually stay away, but you know, being who he is, Hal rushes in and of course gets also captured. I, I just realized now that he's got his little his, he's got his little space chipmunk thing with him in that bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that thing loves Saint Walker, man. He follows that's him his, everywhere. That's his partner. It's his buddy. It's his yeah, It's his partner now. But yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> the next Blue Lantern, right there. Yeah. Chips Chip Sector partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Uh, Sorry. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so John is just kind of sitting here, you know, looking at the space sector maps and, um, cabbie kind of comes in letting him know that somebody took his, uh, his cabbie. And of course he, uh, he asks, uh, he asks John not to be mad at him and, you know, not to shoot the messenger. But of course, you know, he tells him exactly what's going on and where he's going. We skip to Hal and Kyle who seem to be in some kind of darkness, um, some kind of trance or something as St. Walker's trying to deal with this being. And in the darkness, we see Hal and Kyle have their, you know, their greatest dreams. We basically see almost the ending of, um, John, um, Jeff John's run. We see Hal welcoming the, his kids and grandkids coming to the house. And we see Kyle as the White Lantern looking all savior-like. And then it, it just completely flips and we see Hal dealing with everybody being dead around him and Kyle seeing Parallax him being taken over by Parallax and everybody around him in flames. So they go from their, you know, wildest dreams, to their worst nightmares in the dark and they start, it seems like they start losing will or hope, I guess I should say. Um, and this being a scene, you know, their resistance wanes, their will broken and it starts, literally looks like it's feeding off of them because they start getting all bony and and emaciated exactly but um saint walker's out there is you know he's of course he is who he is he is hopeful and he tells him look again and he's saying you know your your grip is starting to slip and then we see their rings start to light up and of course in hal's eyes his pupils turn into the lantern symbols and we get this splash page of these two huge symbols of the white lantern and the green lantern Blasting out of the beast, um, seemingly killing it is what it looks like. But Hal and uh, Kyle wake up, and Saint Walker's there, and he plants like the first seed of hope. And we see a little plant start growing on the planet. So all as well as end well, and they all kind of fly off, heading back to Oa and back on the planet Heap. <laughs> we see a guy just sitting in the chair, just everybody's walking around him, and he's literally sleeping until we see that in comes the big big problem for him we have that's your cue oh 
I, I have enough of a cue coming up, but it's our Killo, man. It's our Killo. <laughs> we have our Killo show up. Looking mighty mean and huge. And, of course, Guy kind of brushes it off as it's nothing. He stands up. He starts – they have start start having a conversation, and he's explaining to him that, you know, everybody sees you as – as the as the uh, Kilowog, you know, you're you're the one who's always standing behind the yellow, no matter what Sinestro's done to you, no matter how many times he's walked out or turned his back on you, you were always there for the core. You know, everybody fears you. And he says, you know what, you aren't Kilowog, you're me, and there's only enough room for one of me. So what do you say? <laughs> Take off your jewelry, princess. Let's make this title bout interesting. As he starts cracking his knuckles. Oi. <laughs> Before we look ahead, no. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, was this, was kind of, this was kind of exciting. This really, like, at the end of this, I was like, okay, this is this is really what guy would do. He's just that jack, stubborn and much of a jackass to try something like this. Yeah, I would. Of, of the four issues in in this arc, I mean, obviously the next issue that we're going to be getting to is going to be the one that I, that I have the most problems with. <laughs> the, this issue, this issue was pretty good. I, I mean, the artwork was really good. Again, I mean, certainly when it comes to Hal. I mean, Van Skyver knows. I mean, he draws Hal. He draws Guy. He draws John. He draws Sora really, really well. Kyle with the mask, not so much. Uh, it still doesn't quite get that mask right, uh, and he can't. And he really can't, which is not unique because a lot. There's very few people that can draw Saint Walker particularly well. It seems. Saint Walker is not the character. He. It's not a strong suit for him. His arc, his Arkillo is good. Not the didn't best. He, didn't not the he best. create Saint Walker though? He, didn't he, he do the first drawing? Yeah, I don't know if he designed. He, he, he did the first drawing. He did the first drawing on that splash page in twenty-five, but in the first real appearance of Saint Walker in an issue, which was what the Rage of the Red Lanterns, that wasn't him. But that's that's your quintessential Saint Walker look, is how he appeared in Rage of the Re, Rage of the Red Lanterns. That's more your ha the best the best incarnation of him. But we we know there's some Saint Walker. I mean, Saint Walker is not the easiest character to draw, and there's some artists that are really good drawing them, and there's some artists they just they, they don't get it. I mean, as and they just they can they don't do it well. Just like uh, and I'm been desperately trying to pull his name out of my. Who who took over after after Avon Hayes? Is the artist? Um, I kind of have it in my head, and because I do like his art, but I don't. But he's, he can't. He couldn't draw Sam Walker worth a lick. Uh, oh, Around yeah. what issue was that? That was. It was the. I think it was the end. Of, it was right. It was heading into. New, heading into the New Fifty Two era. Um, it's. I'll. I'll I'll find it in a second, but uh, so yeah, Saint Walker is not Saint Walker is not the is not the easiest character to draw, so that's kind of. But his Hal is really good, and and he and he draws that the the Misery Mound mock up is he draws that very well. I do I do I did like the I did like the images of their worst fear, which I kind of mm-hmm. like. I thought I thought it was really refreshing because because luckily you didn't see Hal's worst fear anymore being something that he did himself. <laughs> I True. Thought, I thought that was progress. <laughs> I, and I do like the fact that they did touch upon, you know, kind of like some of the the wrap ups, like you mentioned from the Jeff Johns issue, the wrap up, uh, Wrath of the First Lantern. I like that, and I did like the fact that seeing Kyle, to, to Kyle's worst fear in a way is it's still himself or being out of control. I kind of, I did, I, I thought that, I thought that was interesting. 
Um, parallax. Yes, and, parallax, and that was, and that would be that is quite interesting to see whether that's just you know 100% random or there's going to be some re- more relevance to that you know in an arc down the road. But and I and I I I did kind I thought I'm not saying I buy it 100%, but I did kind of like these guy trying to give the explanation for why you know everybody just sees you as you know kind of like the Kilowog of your core. But I kind of, mm-hmm. but reading between the lines and the way people react to you and everything else is like I kind of see you more as me. <laughs> I kind of I think that was in that was interesting. I think I mean there's certain obviously there's certain truths in that. I don't know if I buy it 100, percent but but I think but you but it's it's an interesting enough concept where I think there's I think there are a lot of truths in it and I think it makes sense that guy would at least see it that way. Is it Doug Monkey you're thinking yes, about? Yes, yes, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I did. He, he, yeah, he couldn't draw Saint Walker, Saint Walker well either. Uh, I, th- I think Brad Walker did. A, I think Brad Walker was one of the ones that did a decent job. I think in the Sinestro series. I think. Um, yeah, it would have to be because Van Skyver started doing some of those pages, some of those issues later in that run, and we know, and that can't be the guy. <laughs> As much as I love Ethan's work, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's not, it's, it, it's coming across as a criticism, but it's just, it's just the reality that you're not, ev- not everybody's going to draw everybody well. You have certain characters or kind of characters you draw well. Van Skyver does really well with, I think, over-the-top characters and human characters, and St. Walker is kind of like somewhere in between, and it's like, it's that, that's, it's that tail, man, and that patchwork <laughs> stuff on his face, it throws you off. <laughs> Give him a sack over his head like like Jason from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I I did I did like I did like this issue, and I think it's it the the setup for what happens next wasn't isn't the issue <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah. And um, Cabby, I'm liking his character. I don't know. How much he's going to hang around, but it'll be good to, you know, every once in a while touch back with him, have him pop up every now and again. Yeah, it's always good when you need when you need dirt. <laughs> when you need dirt, call Space Cabby. <laughs> <laughs> Five issue miniseries coming soon, Space Cabby, <laughs> starring Simon and Jessica. Um, so, do you think they're officially changing the Sinestro Corps to be the Yellow Lanterns now? Probably, for the time being, I think. I think it probably would be it probably would be the the smart move in general to kind of like to rebrand and repackage. <laughs> Not that it's going to help their reputations much in the universe, uh, but I do think probably probably they're going to be called or referred to as Yellow Lanterns more going forward. Mm. I think. But Serenic Serenic's last name is Sinestro. I mean. Yeah, it is true. That 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 is true. And it would sound better than the Soranic Core. <laughs> but I don't know. That, you think we're gonna? You, you think we're gonna have a War of the Yellow Lanterns uh, <laughs> event or story arc coming? Not anytime soon. But then again, we all we don't really know how long Sinestro is gonna be on the shelf. True. It is true. And they have what he's. And, and that leads us to yet another problem with you know poor Arkillo on this yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he's back again. What do I do? I'm in charge. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be the new leader, and then yeah, he gets we, beat down. Yeah, we know how that always works out, which is part of the, yeah. 
Uh, well, we'll touch on that in a minute. <laughs> uh, so anything else for part two? No, no. Um, Skyver's great. I just I don't get why he can't get more than like one issue or two issues in a row. Hey, just just I think at this point we should kind of be happy that for the most part he has been able to stick to the like every other issues. <laughs> the every other issue or two issues on, two issues off rotation so far. I mean, that's been pretty- Do you, do you think they purposefully like so given specific issues to draw like the last arc, last issue of this arc was him? Maybe it's possible. It's possible. That would be that's a good really good question. I'd be to I'd be really curious to ask him. I don't I don't I would kind of kind of suspect for the most part probably not, but maybe if it's like you know, if they're building when they're building towards like the like the big twenty fifth and twenty fifth issue or something like that, maybe they'll try. But then, then again, with something like that, they they probably will be artwork from both, just because of, if it is double size, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a good question. I I would kind of probably suspect not at this point, but it would it wouldn't be a bad idea though. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. All right, issue sixteen. Issue sixteen. So before we do issue sixteen, I think we're gonna take a we're gonna take a very 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 quick break, and then we'll be back and we'll do sixteen and seventeen because I might need to prepare myself for for, 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 for issue sixteen because it ain't gonna be pretty, folks. You gonna get the soapbox out the corner? Uh, it's more like taking the, getting the volume ready. <laughs> All right, so, so we'll be right back. The end of the world is approaching. Soon the planet will be engulfed in a nuclear Armageddon. And the only people that can prevent this from happening are considered to be the greatest villains of all time. The only thing standing in their way is the The Justice Justice League. League. In 2005, uh, wait a second. Are, are we sure about that date this time? Yeah, it's 2005. We're sure this time. Let's just be perfectly clear. I hate all of you so much. Okay, good. Got that. All right. In 2005, DC Comics began publishing a 12-issue bi-monthly comic called Justice. Written by Jim Kruger with art by Alex Ross and Doug Braithwaite, this series was essentially a Super Friends for adults. And now another group of super friends has come together to discuss all 12 issues in a podcasting crossover called JL May 2017. The excitement begins on the April 30th episode of the Fire and Water podcast and continues into Supermates, the Idle Head of Diabolu podcast, Views from the Long Box, the Pulp to Pixel podcast, the Lantern cast. The Shazam cast, Comic Reflections, the Silver and Gold podcast, the Power of Fishnets, Waiting for Doom, and Justice's First Dawn, JL May 2017. Last year, they covered the beginning of the Justice League. This year, they discuss and review the League's toughest battle. The coverage begins on April 30th on the Fire and Water podcast, located at fireandwaterpodcast.com
And we're back! <laughs> All right, so let's jump back into issue 16 of How Jordan and the Core, part three of Quest for Hope. And as I stated before, even though my I tend to mellow my hatred for things because I, I try to be objective and, me, and a, an even-keeled guy despite the fact that I, I ha, I'm emotional, that when when things settle down, I tend to, you know, lessen my despise my despise <laughs> how much I despise or hate something but I this still as I'm about to open this issue again this is still probably my least favorite issue I think since the end of the Jeff Johns era <laughs> it's right up there anyway it's certainly right up there with the par- with Parallax Green Lantern 50 uh, from the new 52 alright so at least it begins pretty cool <laughs> Let me get, let me do the creative team. Not that much has changed from the last issue I did. Uh, High Noon is the actual issue title. Uh, Robert Venditti, Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, Tomé More, Dave Sharp, Sandoval, Tarragona, and More with the main cover. Kevin Nolan again with the variant. Andrew Marino, Eddie, excuse me, Mike Cotton, and Eddie Braganza round up the editor group. So I like so the, it begins really cool because it begins in thick in sector. Th- 1372, 3008, 2265, and we pretty much see Green Lanterns and Yellow Lantern working together, trying to trying to round up some of the uh, most despicable <laughs> members of the Sinestro Corps, <laughs> including a Rot Maru there, who who looks like Tom, Tomar laid the smackdown to him pretty good. Oh yeah, you have the right to remain dead. <laughs> uh. So I'm, I'm back on back on Mogo. Uh, that we have the fallout from what, what Cabby told John exactly who he was going after, and it's like, uh, hey, I'm coming with you. We stole my ship. <laughs> and John doesn't really care about that, but Sora encases Cabby in a, in a in a yellow bubble, saying, uh, it's like, uh, I'm not following John on your ex- account, <laughs> Space Cabby. Regardless of how the day ends, Kai Gardner will need a surgeon. <laughs> Uh, so back to Space Sector 1974 and the Planet Heap. They got that part right. Uh, we have Kilowog, who's not look. I mean, excuse me, as Arkillo, Freudian slip, who's not looking the most Arkillo-y he's, he's ever looked. And, once again, point of fact, it needed to be mentioned, Arkillo has an actual ring hand, shouldn't have a ring hand, unless you're going to address why he has a ring hand. <laughs> it's been missing since Godhead, people. <laughs> it's been energy constructed since then. Yes, Yes, St. Walker could have cured it, but that, that's a whole other ball of wax we'll get into in this issue, among other things. Happened off-panel. Yeah, off-panel, like a one-second <laughs> reference to the fact that these guys were, were sector partners on Earth the last time we saw them before Robert Venditti in, infected them with his, with his illness. <laughs> okay, uh, at least I'm off on, I'm on a roll. Uh, so we have Guy, you know, guy and Kilo, guy and Arkillo about to square off. Uh, Arkillo takes off his ring, and, he, and okay, Arkillo, with his ring off, he's not wearing the most imp- most intimidating outfit of all time. <laughs> not that Sinestro does either, mind you. Sinestro looks like he should be a court jester in that, bl- that blue-black outfit. But I kind of expected a little Arkillo to be a little snappier dresser underneath. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. He, he was living in the forest and stuff when we first saw him wearing a straw Wearing like a sh- or something, yeah. Straw loin, wearing a loincloth, yeah. You're okay. So on that level, you're right. He he he, he is moving up the evolutionary. You know, he, he he's not gonna be wearing. 
like wearing Vera Wang or something right off the bat. But but still, he's making progress. But it's still. Um, so as soon, pretty much as soon as Art Killer takes off his ring, then he then he, sm- then he smacks Guy Gardner in the face. One punch. <laughs> Guy Gardner's down, blood shooting all all over his mouth there and coming from it. And here we and here the and here the issue starts going straight into the toilet. <laughs> now now apparently. Guy Gardner, I guess, whenever whenever Guy Gardner's in trouble, he's going to have, I guess, a Rocky from Rocky Five moment when Mickey appears to him. Get up, you son of a bitch, because Mickey loves you. <laughs> it's going to be kind of like this, kind of like a variant on this theme, except it's going to be his father standing over him, t- talking shit to him as he beats the hell out of him. Do you notice his father's shadow on the wall? Yes, it's Arkillo. Or it looks like Arkillo. And, and what beer is he holding? Is that Charm City beer? <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> So Charm City is a real city in the DCU. I guess, I guess so. Um, when it's time to relax. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh, uh, what the hell? Is... What jingle is that? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's time to relax. One beer stands clear. If you have the, we have the. Uh, is that Miller? Was it Miller Light? Maybe it was Miller. Uh, it's been so long. <laughs> the jingle just popped into my head. It's popped into my head. <laughs> but I think. I, but either way. Uh, Back so, to the issue. Back to the issue, yeah. Guy seeing his father standing over him, beating the hell out, hell out of him, hell out of him, and then that kind of snaps Guy back, you know, <laughs> to fruition, to the gets him out of his dream and back to the current uh, status quo. You see all these aliens. <laughs> I like that. All the aliens looking out the windows. Hey, look what's going on. <laughs> I guess it's over. Arkillo's all happy. He's about to put his yellow ring back on. Oh, <laughs> oh. and and guy, what is guy was hit? What was he throw mud at him or something? I think he threw a bottle at him. I hear, yeah, I hear a clud. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, maybe this is just a rock or something. Yeah, it doesn't he, really – it's not clear. Yeah, either way. He throws something at the back of our killer's head to get his attention. And he goes, don't go, princess. We got an audience. Let's give him a show. <laughs> back, on, back on Mogo, the uh, Ganthet and Sade are kind of talking and and – you know, is like, I, I still sense a great will, a presence of immense power and import watching. And uh, Ganthus says, it's like, you know, your knowing smile. Nothing nothing unnerves me as much or so much as that smile. Another presence draws de- near and is undoubtedly that of our friends. Our, our quest to resurrect the Blue Lanterns near completion. How Jordan and Kyle have returned. Another moment too soon. So Not a nano moment. Oh, yes, correct. I, I, I jumped the gun, ironically, with Nano in there. Another Nano moment too soon. Tell, tell me something. How do you feel about the whole Guardian Pillars that they're doing out of the movie in here now? Yeah, I'm not a really big fan, which is why I kind of completely didn't fail to mention the whole atrium of the Guardians of the Universe thing. Okay. Uh, but it was right of you to bring it up. I should have mentioned it. I don't know. I, I don't, don't like know it. what to feel. Um, uh, God, uh, Cal, Kyle... Saint Walker and and Space Chipmunk show up. <laughs> I like I like the fact that uh, Saint Walker looks a little healthier looking. He looks less emaciated. <laughs> but again, he's got some on, muscle. Yeah, it depends who. Again, it all depends on who draws him. Yeah, he's happy to be. He's he's real happy to be back on Mogo. Uh, for, for some reason, I the talk, Kilowatts filling them in about how you know he's more myth the Gardener. Gardener went off to do you know to basically uh. He doesn't really say our killer, but but we know we know where he's going. And mm-hmm. for some strange reason, apparently uh, 
Saint Walker has space amnesia because all of a sudden now he has no idea who Guy Gardner is, which makes me almost, when I first saw this it made me want to like almost rummage through, which would be impossible. Every issue I had to make sure the Saint Walker and our and uh, Guy were actually ever together at one point. But even even if they weren't, you know he knows the name, so it doesn't make any sense. You know all the all you humans look alike. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> even the ugly redheaded stepchild one. Um. <laughs> uh, I, it's kind of cool when, when you see it in, in the science cells. They're all kind of all all the Sinestro Corps members that did not come along quietly are all being thrown in <laughs> thrown in the, the science, science cells. cells. And not exactly the and not exactly in the beginning like ones that are appropriate for their needs. It's like I'm an aquatic parasite. I'll suffocate. <laughs> I just kind of like that. Oh, spool up an aqua cell. <laughs> oh, bird. <laughs> And I, it's still – you'd like to think this is the plot point they're going to go back to why he can't he, – St. Walker can't remember Guy Gardner. You almost have to think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you hope. You No pun intended. You really hope it is or else it's really <laughs> – and Kyle continues his best. You know, belches a lot. The Aerosmith thing is stupid. It's, again, Kyle trying to be too funny for funny's sake well, because, like, like, that would mean anything to St. Walker. Uh. St. Walker is going to go fly off, you know, go, go fly off like he should have to go basically find out what's going on. But, of course, uh-uh-uh, Ganthon and Sade want St. Walker to stick around. Back on Heap, which is appropriate because Guy Gardner just ends up in one. Because <laughs> <laughs> Arkillo continues to beat the crap out of him because that's what really would be happening at the moment. Uh, they, they, Guy keeps getting up. And guy keeps having flashbacks about you know his his father keep you know keeps telling him about treating him like crap and you know being condescending and lording over him and yada yada. Meanwhile, uh, you know, but, but John Stewart kind of kind of arrives somewhere on heap, <laughs> finding harder to track, of course, because guy doesn't have his ring on. Uh, guy. <laughs> I like that when our killer's just kind of like, uh, he refused to use your ears, so I'll, I'll rip them off. <laughs> Which is quite an effective, quite an effective strategy. Uh, yeah, even though Guy's kind of funny, like, what are you going to do next? Pull my hair? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so our killer, I mean, he, he lands one really solid shot, which probably would have, like, gone right through. Guy Gardner. If this was if this was real, Guy Gardner would probably would have been like disemboweled right there. But of course, well, he, right? He yeah, probably. He breaks one of Arkillo's fingers before that. Yeah, he, he does, and and you know he Guy just keeps seeing his father go on crying out, think you're a big man, blah blah blah, and you know <clears throat> Arkillo you know Arkillo grabs him by the throat and starts choking him. And and John being being that great leader he he is, it's like guy wanted this fight. It has to end this way. Why? <laughs> Stupid. At least Sora's like enough. He's dying. <laughs> it's like, he's gonna let John. He's gonna let guy finish what he started. That's right. I'll just have to get a new core member. <laughs> and he, he's he's still conscious. So he, hey. That's right. He's still got a pulse. So <laughs> we think. <laughs> so our killer's real close to him, and he's and he's and he's trying to and he's kind of choking the life out of out of guy and it's like uh embrace how weak you are scrawny little wimp it cuts to his guy's father is saying that and guy all of a sudden you know he that's it spurs him back into action he's like no like no more and then for some reason he's he's miraculously able to punch arkillo in in his eye and rip out his eyeball all in one fell swoop that takes arkillo down 
Um, and then Guy kind of gives this little, yeah, I know what you're thinking. How the hell does Guy Gardner take such a licking? <laughs> it's like, it's all in the parenting. Oh, God. Uh, so then he, he, he just keeps laying, he just keeps laying into you know, Arkillo and he just rips, basically, he just pounds Arkillo's whole face apart. He rip, splits his jaw, his tongue's hanging out of his mouth. He's missing, he's missing teeth. I mean, his eyeball's out of his head, kind of like when the Hulk did that to Abomination when he hit him so hard his eye came out. It's just, it's just a cluster. Uh, so our, so Akilo's Achille, on the ground, on the ground, still conscious. You give him credit for that. I yield. <laughs> All four of his main mandibles teeth are broken. I know. And then, and our, and then Guy Gardner's like, "Yeah, you damn right you do." And then all of a sudden, Guy Gardner collapses. Uh, and our, John, and John's, and John's holding him. He's like, "Tell the whole gang, tell them who the all-time champ is. You're the champ, guy. You're the champ." With massive internal bleeding, you're the champ. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually, and I gotta be honest with you, I just said that before even remembering this. So sorry, I just said that. Oh, I swear to God, I just ran over to the right. I saw that sorry, I just said that. Heart yes, rate is one bottoming. For me, one for me. I was like, his heart rate is bottoming. I can't imagine why. I'm just gonna catch a few Z's and 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 almost like a Lois Lane clutching, dying Superman after fighting Doomsday moment. Guy Gardner is sitting there, barely alive, uh, or is he? Next, in death's grasp. Ugh. <laughs> you go first before I go even go back to this mess. All right. So, yeah, I, we, we definitely know the results of this fight. It really shouldn't have happened the way they had. I, I really wish Guy would have picked up a brick or a board or something to kind of even things out, but a star destroyer. You know, <laughs> you know they they, they want to say that he just let. He just let Arkillo wail on him until Arkillo was almost tired out before he really made his move. But I mean, I, I, I can see somebody pulling your eye out would be a big uh, determining factor <laughs> in a turning turning a fight. Yeah, yeah. poor Arkillo. <laughs> yeah, can't catch a freaking break. No, and that's where I'm going to go to when you're done, or unless you want to go into it first. Oh. Uh, no, go ahead. I'm gonna put the salt box right in the middle of the square for you and put it down uh, right here. Yeah, let's let's deal with the the Arkillo stuff first because that's the most important. Oh, uh, Arkillo, has had such a uh, did. Let's go back to did because it's because he, he's obviously he ain't got none of it since Robert Venditti took over. <laughs> Colin Bunn did such a nice job of doing for, character development for Arkillo. He's not the only guy that's given Arkillo some character development. But there was some serious character development done between what we saw in New Guardians, you know, back in the first part of New Guardians when they were all teaming up, and carried over into the Sinestro book. Arkillo was not a one-trick pony. Yeah, he did have that rotten side, and we did once we saw that origin of that origin of uh, Arkillo back during what well, that was the annual, wasn't it? I think the Sinestro annual or something like that. I think so. When they gave the the full origin of Arkillo, the duality in him, you know, the savage side and the you know the religious higher, the deeper side, that the other side of Arkillo has been developed more. He's not just an animal. 
He's not just a, a mindless lemming. There is a certain code of ethics, and we've see, we saw this before. It's not just because he blindly follows Sinestro. Period. It's because he believed in what he believed in what that core was supposed to stand for. Kind of a guy on that level. Kind of would guide how he does stand or believe in what the Green Lanterns stand for. So that part they do have in common. There's no doubt. But Arkillo is definitely softened over the over time. We saw him with real. Emotion and real regret when he when he dealt when Say Walker got freed from the experiments that are that everybody that Sinestro had ordered on him and he had quote unquote volunteered for but still that everything he went through that Arkillo apologized to him that once he found out what was going on that he apologized for not coming to basically free him from it that they they we saw Arkillo and Saint Walker's real you know of the real friendship which a lot of people a lot of people thought they were never getting touch upon again mm-hmm. <laughs> how ironic right how ironic that the original friendship they established in in new guardians and everything in which and also when saint walker basically helped Arkillo to the point of basically Arkillo had 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 met had done his penance and it was time for him basically to forgive himself and everything else and that's when saint walker helped heal him and give him his tongue back and everything else that we saw that relationship touched upon in the in the Sinestro book. We saw them be partners again and and be friends again. That they were clearly friends again, and that's where they were at the end of the Sinestro book. They were partners, Sekner partners on Earth. Earth mm-hmm. on Earth, which would have been which again, hello, would have been absolutely perfect for that for those two characters to show up in the Green Lanterns title, which I still can't believe they never did. That's ridiculous. Somebody called dibs. Yeah, I know, but in the beginning, that would have been a good segue to get them from Earth to wherever. But still, you had you have the fact that you know Arkillo, beyond being just partners with Saint Walker, we saw at the end of that book, the Sinestro book, Arkillo was enjoying being a hero. Arkillo was kind of reveling in having people look count on him and respect him. And love mm-hmm. him to a certain extent. He was he was embracing it, and he and he he enjoyed it. This whole series begins. None of that is in Arkillo. He's an asshole to begin with. He's mind he's mindless. He's gonna fall. You know, he's just gonna. If there was one lantern besides Sora who probably would have had a moment's doubt about what to do based on where that we left them in the last book, it would have been Arkillo. And Arkillo would have had a lot of weight, no pun intended. If he would have carried a lot of weight because of the fact that he was second in command or third in command now. Uh, well, it's borderline because Sinestro kind of removed himself again. But either way, he's he's he was not, he still was not top dog, but he was, as Guy points out, deeply respected slash feared in, in the Sinestro Corps. His opinion would carry a lot of weight. So for him to just mindly, you know, mindlessly follow that directive, of, yeah, let's just go instill fear in everybody all over for no reason right off the bat. That's not where the arc. That where well, Arkillo was at the end of Sinestro, that book. So there was no character develop, development at all. He always gets the crappy end of the stick because he always tries to do what's right based on what the Sinestro Corps originally was founded on and his loyalty to Sinestro. Sinestro always kind of you know treats him like crap. And when, whenever they try to build – remember back in the Sinestro book, we thought they were kind of building up for that moment. When Arkillo was going to find Mongol again and, have, and get his payback. Yep. Yep. And not just because Arkillo was a different character now, and Arkillo was a stronger character now, he also would have had St. Walker theoretically as a partner that could have amped up his power. But no! Let's have him have a freaking street fight with Guy Gardner, <laughs> and he loses. 
how I mean, <laughs> let, I mean, let's cut to the chase. Do you do you really think that so that I mean, what's going to have a big the Green Lanterns are going to have a hell of, the Green Lanterns and the Sinestro Corps members are going to have a hell of a lot more respect for Guy, and both the Green Lanterns and the Yellow Lanterns are going to lose a lot of respect for Arkillo because of what happened. I mean, it's, so it 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 just is horrible to what to Arkillo, who is a character that has had character development, and then they just they just shit on him once again. And I don't and I don't and we'll touch upon this when you do your issue too that. They they kind of they almost because they almost got me in the next issue when when they had that moment with Guy and we'll talk about it then it's like they almost got me in that issue because of what Guy's saying until you get to the point when you realize oh Guy himself has just acknowledged my main point my, why I hate this issue so much this whole fight was pointless and unnecessary and and it didn't have to get to the point where it did they could have had Saint Walker prevent his fight in five seconds or stop it in five seconds if they had just you know if and it's not like and it's not like the Green Lantern rings weren't communicating at this point. John could have friggin' sent a message to Hal, or Hal could have communicated with John, and they could have told every, told everybody what was going on. Because who knows? Maybe they could have been closer. They maybe maybe they could they're, they're transluminal space. Maybe they could have got there faster. Saint Walker could have prevented the fight and probably gotten our killer to join them just like that. And instead, let's have two of the most valuable members of either corps be on death's door at the end of this issue for friggin' what? <laughs> Really, but and the, and and I'm getting sick of this whole guy guard. And I know this is completely removed. We know this is a completely different guy gardener from the one punch guy gardener. We understand that because that guy gardener was a dick. We know that guy gardener hasn't <clears throat> really been a dick in in, in in Green Lantern books for for like decades now because he actually started becoming cool and rehabilitated during Kyle's run, and it's just kind of kept going. So that guy has been so far removed. Yeah, you don't want guy to be that guy anymore. But, <laughs> but, but, but if this is going to be a crutch, like, you know, like I said, if this is going to be the his rock his rocky motivation moment. No matter how, whatever fight he's in now, he's going to be able to get himself off the canvas just because he can imagine himself fighting his father. I'm sorry, that's just. Is it extra motivation? Yeah, it's extra motivation. It doesn't mean you know. It doesn't mean that he's going to like. He's, he's not going to take out the Hulk because he's seeing the Hulk as his dad. <laughs> so, I mean, Arkillo, yeah, Arkillo should – it's completely unrealistic. I mean, Arkillo would in – in a fair fight, Arkillo is going to beat the crap out of Guy. He's going to beat the crap out of John. He's going to beat the crap out of Hal. He's going to – well, forget about Kyle. We know. <laughs> but he's going to – I mean, Simon. He's going to beat the crap out of almost any – other than maybe Kilowog. The reality is he's going to lose, you know, Arkillo is going to beat most Green Lanterns in a physical fight. Power on power. No doubt. So no doubt. to have this happen, I mean, and to have it happen the way they did, you know, it's like, I don't know, I don't, I, I think it was ridiculous. And I just, I just, I just hated it more because of how, once again, Arkillo gets totally crapped on and, and, I'm, getting, and I'm getting sick of it. Got it out. Feeling better? No. <laughs> you don't have anything to add? <laughs> I, I, it's okay if you know, but I think you got most of it out. It's just you, uh, you, you, you just wish there would be more to it. You know, like I said, have guy need some kind of edge, a, a brick, or or something, something more to make it really seem like. He was really in danger there, and there was no other way for him to actually win. And, of course, I mean, even if he did, it's not above guy to pick up something to help him in a fight. I mean, 
he's going to have to do what he has to do to survive, to win. Not even survive, to win. So that would be completely in character for him to actually pick up a brick or something, just something to make it a little bit more. Because I don't think physically, yeah, he's he shouldn't be able to take our killer like that. Nope, not at all. <clears throat> not really realistic at all. Nope. You ready to wrap what about this up? the? What about the? Okay, oh, so no, 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 I'm not rushing you. I thought you. I thought you were. You were ready. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm almost. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm ready to go. I just wanted to say if there was nothing else you wanted to add on about the um, the issue itself. Uh, no, but like, I'll, just going back for a moment, I really hope they do touch upon why Saint Walker seemingly has Guy Gardner amnesia. I mean, I just well, don't, I don't quite understand that. Um, so that line. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with Ganthet saying that he senses a great will, a presence of immense power, and import watching. Which again, you know, no pun. Which of course, once again, is another. As we get more of it in this issue, seventeen, that again, that's again alluding to what you know, maybe of the Watchmen tie-in. Which to, to I, I definitely think they're going to play into. So, oh snap! Where's the creative team on this issue now? At the end? Uh, I'm, I'm, yes, at the end. Jeez. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> so Robin Venditti uh, writing Ethan Van Skyver on art, Jason Wright on colors, Dave Sharp on letters, Skyver and Wright on the cover, variant cover Kevin, no- Kevin Nolan, assistant editor Andrew Marino, editor Mike Cotton, group editor Eddie Braganza. And an awesome cover with spoilers, we see <laughs> Kyle... In the green, back to his uniform. All right. The original uniform. So back on Mogo, we see the science cell and all the uh, evil Sinestro Corps members that are all locked up. And then, of course, there's unrest. Of course, everybody's, you know, saying they're going to get out. Arkillo will come for us. And then in the wheel, Arkillo in a stretcher pretty much saying, there's your bid bag, Arkillo. And you know how many lanterns it took to bring him in? One. Of course, they all say it's lies. It's lies. And um, Sarani comes in there, says it's the truth. Next, which one of you lanterns did that to Arkillo? So one guess, the only one that could. And in the infirmary, we see Guy pretty much as he should be looking, damn near on death's door. But still looking Ar- better than Arkillo did at the end of last issue. Uh, <laughs> arm in a sling, all kind of bandages on his face, wrapped up. I mean, looking pretty bad and. Uh, Kyle and and Hal are there, and everybody's just all you know, happy to see him, happy that he's alive. John kind of gives him a uh, a souvenir of the fight, and gives him one of our killer's te- teeth or his tooth, and you know, calls him a crazy sob. So, um, Hal and Kyle head off to go meet up with Ganthet. Um What was it that did? I guess they didn't really have anything. Specific in their conversation oh. between Kyle and Hal. Well, and actually, it's somewhat relevant because how that's that's when he that's when Hal Hal when Hal says to Kyle that you're the greatest lantern, and then Kyle that Hal has to point out you're the greatest lan- you're the greatest lantern. I'm just happen to be the best Green Lantern. Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to being green, I'm Top Gun. As he says, and my dog just refuses to get off my lap. She's sitting on my lap. Okay, you're gonna help me with the review. All right. 
Which so yes. wearing a Justice for Our Kilo t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Hal talks to Kyle and saying, you know, the universe is, is calling you, Kyle. They need you to create. And then at that point, Kyle is like, you know, I've always looked up to you. And he's like, Kyle, everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> not too uh not too cocky there is he he looks so awkward in that that's, he's drawn so awkwardly in that panel too Hal his arm looks like Mr. Fantastic <laughs> okay so then we go to the command center where um John and Saranic are trying to you know keep track of or monitoring all the Sinestro Corps members that have been captured and for some reason Romat Rue is still free however Tomar too says uh there's no sign of him, but it seems like he has his ring, and it says Yellow Lantern of Sector 2813, deceased. At that part, at that moment, uh, Tomar, too, is like telling his partner, you better keep your mouth shut. I wonder, you think he could have been of a, a, a bit of a swap there, or you think he really killed him? Uh, that's actually, you know, that's actually a good point. I had never, well, here's the thing, though. I, that's a really good catch because I never thought about that. And the reason, the only reason why, it, well, not the only reason, but one reason it might make sense is because of that future issue, the thing that the Zudarian issue that Jim and I just did in the last episode when they when they showed mm-hmm. Tomar as Tomar uh, Maru as one of the threats coming down the road. That is possible. That is possible because you even go back to the only thing that the only thing that makes me that makes it weird is how how would uh, the what, ring think he's yes, dead. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one thing that makes me, that makes me question that. But it's possible because even the last the last panel we saw, you know, theoretically, if they had swapped rings, they still would have looked alike. You know, when it looked like it was Tomar blasting Romat, it, it could have been the, the opposite. But uh, I I don't know. That's kind of I'm hoping that's not the case because it's Tomar such a well also, classic character. Well, also because no matter what. It, it would be crappy if they actually killed Tomar. It'd be crappy, but if Tomar, if they're turning Tomar bad, then that's going to be crappy too. So, I mean, it, it's it's there, there's almost like no good ending to that. <laughs> true, true, true. All right, so with that, we cut back to Kyle and Ganthet and Sade, and basically Saint Walker shows up, and you know they're all happy to see each other, and then they're saying they're going to bring back the Blue Lanterns and. St. Walker is going to be his antenna. Of course, Kyle is, you know, reluctant. He doesn't, he's not sure if he can do it, but he's going to give it a shot. So at that point, uh, while holding onto St. Walker's head, he, you know, uses his white energy. And of course, then they cut back to the science cells where, for some reason, Guy decided to get himself up out of his bed <laughs> and got his uniform on and is talking to an unconscious Arkillo. He actually even gives him back his tooth. And he's just actually saying he can't wait for them to be bad guys together. So he can't – oh, I'm sorry. He can't wait for them to beat on bad guys together. So he's actually looking forward to partnering with Arkillo. Uh, Kyle is kind of worried with everything that's going on because St. Walker won't let go and he thinks that it's killing him. And, of course, St. Walker, all will be well. He keeps reciting and – um, he, you know, he tells St. Walker, don't you dare die on me as he's still channeling all this white energy. Um, John kind of starts going near until Hal steps in and is like, you know, it's Kyle. Trust him. 
So as Kyle is still pushing through, um, all the plants around them starts growing, of course, the life energy is starting to um, consume everything around them, channel through everything around them, and all the plants start growing. And, you know, they keep pushing and pushing, and this big, huge white energy comes flying off of Mogo. And it seems like Kyle, Kyle couldn't do it. He couldn't keep it together. Um, no more. He's got nothing left, and we realize that he's not even in his white lantern uniform anymore. He's back in his regular clothes. And St. Walker says, I felt a presence, an intruder barring our path. And Gans is like, impossible. Um, no power should have been able to thwart the resurrection. And at that point in time, Kyle, who's wearing a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt, says he's ring. He doesn't feel anything. And at that point in time... Around the universe, we see different beings react. We see on Yzmolt, home of the Red Lanterns. Um, um, our, uh, what's his name? I'm having a brain fart. <clears throat> Barry Allen. No, on um, Yzmolt. Oh, um, no, Atrocitus. Jeez, couldn't remember his name for a second. Atrocitus reacting on in Central City. We see the Flash saying something's not right, and from his Flash symbol, we see a little half of the. Uh, Blue Lantern symbol. Uh, Dimension beyond space and time. We see so many questions as somebody holding the staff is watching um, watching Kyle and Superman, which I believe is that Oz character, right? Yep. yep. And then the next page, we see Kyle's ring, white ring, suddenly kind of just dissipate into all seven, what is that, eight, seven different colored rings. It comes apart and each color ring comes out of it. And they all fly off into space scanning for a replacement, except for the green one, which says replacement sentient found. And it comes to Kyle, and he puts the ring on, and suddenly he's all suited up in his old school uniform. And he says, I'm back. Let's get to work. Dun, dun, dun. Do you think they should have updated his look any, or you think it's good for them to bring back the classic I uniform? think for now it's good that they went back. They went back to... Uh... It, it won't make it won't make that group of Kyle fans entirely happy because that group of Kyle fans will never be happy with anything that happens. But at least going back to old school Kyle uniform, that's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. I think it's interesting because at the very least we should get another Blue Lantern short, in immediate terms because that Blue Lantern ring is going out to look for a, <laughs> look for a, another Blue Lantern. True. Uh, I find it really intriguing the. Which makes sense, too, because we know whether he writes this himself or whether he's just going to be the architect. We know Jeff Johns is going to is going to be the one behind when we get the full explanation for what happened with uh, Flashpoint, the New 52, and Rebirth and all that, whether it's Dr. Manhattan or whether it's something else, that we know that he's going to he's kind of the architect of, of that whole, you know, the Rebirth and the explanation thereof. So it, it kind of gives me but um, bum hope that, we, that the Blue Lanterns are going to be relevant maybe in the resolution of that, because clearly they're setting it up where the Blue Lanterns are a threat. They're pa- we go back to what Abin said about how, you know, how the universe needs hope. Basically, everything is going to be lost without hope. And, mm-hmm. and, and that some power clearly is purposely preventing the Blue Lanterns from coming back in full force. That you know Kyle would have been able to resurrect the entire Blue Lantern Corps that was killed, but... Something was going out of its way to stop him. So that makes you think that the Blue Lanterns should be a factor in the resolution down the road when we actually get this event, whenever it happens. So that, I'm, that, that makes me happy that that seemingly 
you know, which would be fair, considering every all the crap that the Blue Lanterns have had to deal with, it would be appropriate that they have they would have that kind of moment at the end, not at the end, but at that moment they kind of like rise above and help you know put the universe back the way, uh, the it way should it, be the way it should. Yes, uh, it's definitely it's definitely Mr. Oz watching. I know some people for some reason I don't get why they would think this, speculate that oh maybe Mr. Oz is the one behind it, and it's like no, Mr. Oz he's watching this and he's going so many questions. If he was if he was if he was doing it, he would have the answers to the questions. Exactly. <laughs> he would know why why you know so he's he's observing and but just the fact that again that the that the whole White Lantern thing and the, and the inability, the splitting of the White Lantern power and or the inability to resurrect the blue combination thereof, you know, the way it trickles through the entire universe not, and not just the emotional spectrum. That I liked. I thought that part of it, that part of it was cool. Uh, I, the part in this issue, that, like I kind of was alluding to, that kind of got me for a second and then I realized, nope, not going to work. Is when you had that quiet, that quiet moment between Guy and Basically, Guy, because our killer's still in a coma. <laughs> a tender moment between Guy and, and, and someone in a coma. That it kind of make it, it, Guy's kind of like being sentimental, and he's kind of making it sound like you know, you know, I'm looking. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to working with you. And then, but Guy at the same time basically acknowledges that they really fought for no reason. <laughs> so as soon as I read it and I and I got caught in for a second, I go, no, this kind of just proves the ultimate point that they really didn't need to do what they did to get to where they wanted to go. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should, I, I should just say I'm sorry for the fight. <laughs> I guess I could say I'm sorry for. It, it was stupid. It was pointless. And this issue kind of, this issue kind of proves it. And, and, and again, going back to some of these basic points about remembering, remembering powers and what they can do. Yes, Kyle can resurrect. It's nice that he can. That again, he conveniently would remember this. So Ganthet and Sade are pushing him. But you know, Kyle seems to have. But I, I do think it's appropriate that, that I think Ganth is the one who points out that you're always doubting yourself, and he always does, <laughs> which is why at the end of the day, and I, hey, I like Kyle. I, as I've said multiple times, I started reading Green Lantern when Kyle became Green Lantern. That being said, when it comes to willpower, Green, Hal, Kyle's not going to hold the jock of any of John, John, Guy, or Hal because he doubts himself too much. At the end of the day, no matter what power he has, except for maybe when he was eye on the first time. He doubts himself too much, so that's why that's his biggest failing. So I like, but I like the fact they addressed that. It's kind of like, like, uh huh. uh, But I think that again, back to the power set. Store is great, and I know she's a great surgeon, and she's using obviously her ring powers to magnify what she does. That being said, friggin' Saint Walker's on Mogo. He could heal those guys in like five seconds. Yeah, good. But does she, does she know that though? Uh, John. I mean, I Hal knows that. I think True. Kyle knows that. That and certainly Ganthet and Sade know that. It wouldn't have taken more than like ten minutes out of their day to get those two back on their feet before they did what they wanted to do. That's kind of stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. especially because they're talking in the beginning of the book. To, I mean, whether they're kidding or not, that about Orkillo maybe not making it. It's like, you know how you make, you know how you make sure he makes it. Let's say Walker go see him. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, good point. The artwork is really good. The artwork was a highlight of this. Uh, I do like, I do like Hal again. Hal going to bat for, for Kyle, which is you know, which kind of makes it it's consistent here that Hal, Hal is cocky, and and there are moments I'm sure it's, again, you know, not just Kyle that percentage of Kyle fans. 
I say that with you know, bunny ears. Probably like at least 25% of Kyle fans are always <laughs> going to be damn bunny ears. Always going to be disgruntled. But so just like just like Hal was kind of being, they would take take it as a backhanded compliment when Hal said you're the greatest lantern. But you know when it comes to green, no one can touch me. It's the same kind of thing. It's like a. That's true, and it is Hal being the cocky Hal, but that is part of his character. And still, the fact that Hal's saying, you know, the fact that Hal's acknowledging you're, you've been able to do something no one else has been able to do, and that makes you – and you can make a case that's not even at, true, really, that Kyle's the greatest just because he's been able to do that. But still, let's say – but Hal is giving, throwing you the bone, but just making it clear, hey, as a Green Lantern, you know, I'm still top dog, and realistically, objectively, he would be, <laughs> certainly compared to Kyle. <laughs> So, so, but I, but it's just the fact that the way John, I mean, when John tries to interfere and Hal steps in and says, hey, it's Kyle, trust him. So, Hal seems to have a lot more, but their interaction between Kyle and Hal on this issue was at least better. Yes, agreed. There wasn't agreed. as much of this competition crap, and I'm kind of hoping that that's, that that's going to end a little bit more, that Kyle's back to being green now. Uh, but, and again, hope. Whether we think Kyle's going to stay this way for you know forever or not is or for the long term, I don't know. I mean maybe maybe it'll be maybe a it'll be resolved once you know the whole Doctor Manhattan rebirth thing gets taken care of. Plus, technically speaking, there's other White Lantern rings out there. That's I was going to touch on that. I'm surprised they didn't show them in that whole scene where the whole spectrum was kind of affected. I'm surprised we didn't see at least one of them. That's a good point. That would have that that would have been very cool. Even, yeah, they could have just shown it like Exeter was like one of the only ones we really know about anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the one we care about probably the most, right? Of all the ones that got it, so even though technically he gave Carol a ring, right? She just never put it on. She never accepted it. And then the the girl, the um, yeah. I don't even remember her name. Yeah, the one who showed up in that in the uh, futures. Yeah, futures. Futures and, and thing. Yeah. yeah. But now, but Exeter is the one the character we had seen the most of, and yeah. kind of deserved it because he kind of got a broad deal. <laughs> most most screen time out of everybody. Look at the page where Kyle's ring dissipates into the seven different rings. Yep, cool, because that's what I'm still on. <laughs> Look at the green ring. The green ring is the only ring that's different than the other rings. Yeah, it looks kind of close to what Kyle's ring looked like. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, it has the little, it's like three bands and then the lantern symbol on top. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can make a case why it would look, but then again, Kyle, you know, when Kyle had his ring, it was kind of similar to that. I'm not saying that's the exact blueprint, but it's, hold on, I can. Okay, that was my question, whether it was similar or not. It, because... Yeah, it is, because actually I just, as we speak, I just leaned over and took the ring off the Kyle Rayner ring prop to look at it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much, it's pretty damn close to being a duplicate. So that's probably why that, that ring stayed since that was Kyle's ring. I mean, technically speaking, that's that's how Kyle's ring was when he still was green. That's what Kyle's ring was. So all the other rings were kind of, you know, so that I think that kind of that kind of makes sense that, that when, it, when it got split, that ring might look a little different. And and now, finally, the ring has, he wasn't given a ring. The ring chose him. Right, but they did, they don't, but don't forget, that's true. But don't forget they did that in Blackest Night, too, when he died and came back. True, so that'll that'll put a lot of other people at ease. Yeah, I think I think I, I remember I, I remember that was a nice moment in Blackest Night because finally you had despite the despite despite the fact that in the New Fifty Two they re- remember they kind of retcon Kyle's origin slightly so he wasn't just randomly picked in an alley. Picked, yeah. But the reality is we all know Kyle was picked randomly. <laughs> Anybody who read Kyle knows that's what his real origin was. So the fact that to reinforce multiple times that yeah the ring that he is worthy of being chosen I think is 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 cool. Uh, 
I, you know, I, I, so I kind of like to Ganthet and Sade being really, especially Ganthet, of course, that would make sense. Ganthet being really happy about, you know, Kyle coming back. I do think that it is, I like the fact that obviously St. Walker's hope has really recovered a lot since he's not, nothing really has, it's kind of like breaking down St. Walker's, uh, his, his power of of hope at this moment, despite everything seemingly going wrong, that he still had it, which is good because it's not the sad sack St. Walker we saw so much of. Yeah, <laughs> down in the dump, St. Walker is pretty depressing with with with, with his bottle with his bottle bo- bottle of a little brown paper sack. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> but I do like the fact that St. Walker is like the first one to be able to de- detect, you know, the intruder. I just raises the stakes for that, and it makes it makes me really intrigued about, yeah, when we're gonna when when we get when we're gonna get the story to see exactly what that what that was, how that plays into you know what Mr. Oz is doing and and everything else. So I, I'm I am looking forward to that. Some some real answers finally. Maybe that'll explain. Well, yeah, like did I touch on this last time? Like maybe that explains what happened to the Templar guardians and stuff. Possibly. Yeah. You know, maybe so we'll get some real answers. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that could be taken off the table, whether whether they're all in little rooms from of Mr. Oz or whether Doctor Manhattan, assuming he assuming all the speculation is correct that he is the bad guy, which of course in a way would kind of make sense because who's who's going to be more who's going to be powerful enough to do some of the shit that's going on if it's not Doctor Manhattan? Him. Yep. That there's yeah there's some characters or some puzzle pieces he could be taking off you know he could be taking off the board. Maybe who knows? Maybe we can keep our fingers crossed, and maybe he takes parallax convergence off the board, or convergence parallax off the board. Get, get rid of the fear entity and let just let, let Hal actually be parallax, and, that, and be like his like almost like a herald for Doctor Manhattan. I'd, I'd sign for that with that character. Anything at this point. Nope. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's intriguing, and I am looking forward to to, to what they're gonna to what they're going to do with that, and hopefully it won't be too 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 long before we we get this event. I mean, I'm hoping. Doesn't it doesn't look like we're getting it? In, you know, this year, or certainly not any time. Well, I guess we'd have to know soon if it was going to be something happening in the fall. But if not, I would guess next year. I would like to think we're finally going to get this. So fall would put us around issues. What? Where are we at now? Uh, uh, what are we? Eighteen, nineteen, or in April? April. So. Twenty twenty one in May. 223 June 24 25 yeah so so, so the, right in the 30s right somewhere in the, in the somewhere in the 30s yeah right around the 30s so 50 would be next next summer no it would have to be before then wouldn't it but with the with the doubles with the double next, printing may no you might be no let's say yeah so so we're getting what 24 24 issues a year right yep. 24 issues a year and then we started in summer so yeah it would be um. Yeah, this is the first summer here, so. But it started well. It technically well. It's, yeah, this will be the the first full year of of the double release cycle we're we're coming up to soon when we get to it, because rebirth started in the summer. I think it was think it was the summer event. Yeah. So yeah, so it'll be yeah, it would it would be somewhere next around, summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I we we have to do we really do need to do the state of the Green Lantern Union soon. I'm gonna let's see if I'm gonna talk to he who shall not be named or he who shall not record uh, <laughs> and and see if uh, and see if we, maybe sometime in May we can pull everybody 
together to do this because there's there's enough stuff now about what what's been on the table, what hasn't been on the table, and where we think it's going to go. And even reading the the solicits to probably get an idea of our opinions on you know what on all this, having had enough under the belt and where we think it's going and where we think it needs to go. <laughs> so I don't want to I don't want to go go off on it too much, but it's like. I don't know. I think we, I, I definitely, I think we're getting close to a time for a change on at least one of these books. I think, <laughs> but I don't know. We may need a little bit. There's, I think there needs to be tweaking on both books. It just doesn't necessarily mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Kind of agreed. Tweaking. But we'll, I guess we'll 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 see more soon. Ugh. I love it when when Van Skyver draws the lantern symbol for the pupils. Yeah, he did a that, really good one with John here. Yes. The artwork in this issue was really good. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, I thought it was. An, I thought. I think it was a really nice touch. Also having the flash feel. You know. Feeling. Feeling like almost like a tremor. Whether it's just a tremor in the spectrum or just a tremor in the universe. You know, time. You know, time, speed, force, all that stuff. Whether you know. But of course, at the same time, but the blue was good because the references when he was a blue lantern. Mm-hmm. So that would make sense that he would have some, you know, some basic raw emotional ties to that part of the spectrum too. And let's look at that blue and red, which are kind of the opposites as well. So I guess that makes sense why they would show atrocities. And it also fact, and arguably it factors into, well, not arguably, you can make a case part of, part of the reason why you could have red and blue shown next to each other is the fact that that uh, that was a big factor in resolving what the you know Superman. And what the deal was with what the new 52 Superman was versus, you know, the – our current Superman, the rebirth Superman, the difference between the two, using the, the, more or less they kind of were two halves of the same of the same coin with the energy kind of being red and energy kind of being blue. Oh, see, I didn't even read that. I yeah. know of it, but I, I really didn't read it, so I don't know the full scale of yeah, what happened so, there. so it was kind of like – so that so that's kind of – so that kind of was the difference between the two, and then they kind of have been merged back to be complete with all the memories and the history kind of restored. So, so that could be another not so not so subtle reason why you have the, you know the the red of Atrocitus and the blue of Barry and Hope, you know, all next to each other possibly, and Mr. Oz right next to them too. That all would kind of make sense. So. Yeah, good point. But I. And it looks like. Good. It looks like in one of the panels on his and Mr. Oz's page, you may have um. What's the new guy? Um, Orion, right? That's his leg it with the little be. on the skipper or the little it flying thing. Yeah, it might. It might. Yeah, it might very well be. I just find it interesting that seeing seeing Mr. Oz, wa- you know, watching Kyle is just odd unto itself. That's why you know it's got to be relevant. Uh, so overall, it, overall, it was a it was a pretty good it was a pretty good arc. Once again, in a way. Not surprisingly, this is this is kind of again. If you want to make general criticism, I think with with a lot of the Robert Venditti arcs, that there's always that on almost every arc there's like good moments, and there's mm-hmm. good, and there's good concepts, and it, there's a lot of again, no pun intended. There's a lot of high expectation or, or hope that thing that it could that there could be a really cool storyline as a whole, but at the end it usually always tends to peter out and doesn't tend to be that way. <laughs> and that's kind of what this arc really was too. It kind of raises your hope, but um bum that you that the blue that you're gonna have some real resolution positively with the blues, and you really don't get jack in the at the, at the end of this. You get you get another roadblock 
to them. <laughs> to to good news, you get another roadblock to good news, and you get to kind of lose the White Lantern, even if the the main White Lantern, even if it's just for a period of time. So it's kind of it's not what you would have wanted this arc to be if you really, or what you would have hoped the arc was going to be when you heard the title and what the what the game plan was or what the thought behind it was. So, but. Ironic, but the good news is Saint Walker is, isn't the one who got the biggest shaft in this four issue arc. So I guess that's I guess that's a plus. <laughs> that's progress. <laughs> Sad, it's sadly all like more, more like addition by subtraction. It's like we're not going to screw you. We're going to screw your best buddy instead. <laughs> and and Saint Walker doesn't even go to see Arkillo. Maybe he doesn't know he's there. Nobody Come told on. him. Come on. I know you're being nice and you're playing devil's advocate, but, <laughs> but come on. Mogo might be big, but all the activity's taking place in a small relative area. <laughs> There's only so many pages. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You're right, though. You're right. They they could easily. Yeah, I know. They could, but they but they don't. And this just maybe that sums up maybe that sums up this book nicely. They could, but they don't. <laughs> That's the, should be the tagline on every cover. <laughs> we could, but we don't. Uh, any other thoughts, my friend? No, no. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it, though. I mean, much better than what we had in the last era, so. Yeah. We got all our lanterns. Yeah, and I do think, and again, it's, it's a definite plus that. I mean, Robert's doing a better job, but as we've kind of discussed before, is 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 his job, and this will be something we'll probably all, all the whole panel can discuss when we do the State of the Union. How much of his how much of his being better at this book is just because with all the tools and that he has to go play with now, all the you know the toys in the sandbox, how could it not be better just because he gets to gets to use and take advantage of all these different things? Is it is that the main reason why it's better? Or a huge part of why it's better, or is, he, or is he doing something different regardless of having all these, you know, all these little things to, to use? And I think that's that is a big that's a big question. Is because it's clearly better, but it kind of like it would be embarrassing if it wasn't better considering everything he's got to use now in the mythology. He has everything. <laughs> and he's been on the book for how long now? Since John's left? Yeah. Yep. And that was a while ago Oof. because he left on issue twenty, right? Was it twenty? Yeah, twenty was yeah. the last issue of Jeff Johns. So mm-hmm. Van Skyver, I mean, so Van Diddy was on from what twenty one through fifty two. Fifty two, and so that's now two, eighteen. Yeah, so that's what two. That's like two two and a half years, two and a half years there, not counting you know annuals and future futures end and one shots. So, and then yeah, and now he's, he's getting close to being on this book for a full year now. So yeah, he's been doing he's been doing this book for a while. So while uh, yes, there's no doubt that this book this is better than the majority of his run. Small sample size in a way, but still, if you just want to look at the number of issues and the arcs that we've done, yeah, the material's been it's certainly much, it's a much better read consistently than the stuff that he did in the New Fifty Two. There's no doubt. There are a few good, again, kind of like the stuff I touched upon. There were good issues, and there even with some good arcs. And I and even like Godhead, which I thought actually was one of his, be- despite the fact it went on way too long. You know, Godhead didn't need to be three months. Godhead could very easily have been two months. That despite that, uh, I thought Godhead was one of his more effective storylines. Considering, I mean, it was 
Was it a winner going with the new gods? Not really, because most people don't really care about the new gods, except for the few select ones that they care about. You know, Metron, Orion, um, they don't really care about most of the others. And turning High Father kind of to the dark side just to have him wake up one day. Oh, yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> that that was not, that part. That was shit. Okay, that part of the resolution was shitty. But some of the stuff, <laughs> but some of the stuff was like Black Hand and and the Titans from the Wall and 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 Saint Walker having a pseudo good moment, not as big as I had hoped. But dump. But yeah, it was. But I thought overall that was that was a, that was kind of effective. And so there were and some of the stuff with Relic in the beginning was with Lights Out was good, but. We all know that stuff with, you know, the uh, uprising was way, way, way too long. It just, and it just, and it just, and it just bogged down both books because Van Jensen would have done, could have done so many good things if he had more free reign on that book. That's what that's, but that was one of the real tragedies of that. Give, take like, take a year of friggin' uprising and, or t- half a year out and let Van Jensen do some of his own work on that book. That book would have been, not that it was bad to begin with, it wasn't, but it would have been so much better. And better. He got to do more of what he wanted before they pulled the rug out from underneath them with convergence. So, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, I, and that's what, in a way, that's what makes it frustrating for me. Is that there? There you can see that there's some good ideas and there's some good elements and some good arcs, and some of the connective tissue works. And then some of the but the stuff that doesn't work just makes me want to bang my head against the wall sometime with 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 you know this book. And it's just it's it's really you know. And, and again again because of the lack of explanation for so much crap of where we were and before they started this rebirth stuff. On both books, there's so much stuff we haven't touched upon. See, now we can easily speculate that the blue that the Green Lantern Corps was taken out, taken out by Doctor Manhattan. There's no evidence of that, but it would make perfect sense, yes, yep. <laughs> right? Yep. That would make perfect sense. You'd almost have to. I would have to go back and see if there was any like. See, of course, it may it may not mean anything if there wasn't because this was before may, was probably before anybody had this idea. Yeah, exactly. But to go back and see if there was like blue energy involved at all, you know, when it comes to the disappearance of the core or any members and stuff like that, like when Sora's ring got sucked away, like was that in, in Sinestro's book or whatever? Was that was there blue energy sucking it away? But either way, it it could you could explain that stuff away because of because of Doctor Manhattan. You you could you could do that. So if that ends up being our explanation for Lost Army, okay, that's something. But there's so many individual plot points that have been completely not touched upon, and it's not because Dr. Manhattan erased them. <laughs> it's just because nobody has taken the time to want to address them, and it's and it's yeah, kind of it, it gets old. You can't just keep kicking the can down the road all the time. I think I think we need to come up with a concrete Google document list of all the stuff. Yeah, that would be that actually would be a cool idea to do. So. For almost for everybody, everybody to come up with a list for when we do our union episode, just to see, just so we can compile them of all, all of all the things, just just from the uh, from the new 52. Let's say the either from the from the new 52 era and or the beginning of you know the end of the new 52 slash end of the new 52, because obviously we know there are things going back to the Jeff Johns era that have never been dealt with either. So, but mm-hmm. speaking of like Hal's Blue Lantern Ring, which we still have no idea whatever happened to to it. So, but those things you kind of, but just focus on focus on more plot point now. Things that things that happen in the new 52, towards the end of the new 52, and then you know things that have never been touched upon since. Uh, but, uh, oh, I think we I, got it. Yeah, we did. 
you, you want to you want to do your do your pseudo ending before I do the official ending. <laughs> oh yeah, most definitely. Um, definitely want to thank you for having me on again. I guess um, listener feedback was pretty positive to our last episode together. Uh, nobody wants me, you know, tarred and feathered. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, yes, I definitely want to thank you guys for having me back on again. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at EMPcast, or you can go to EarthMightiestPodcast.com, where you'll see the three podcasts we've got going on over there. EMP, which is all about the Avengers, EMX, which is all about the X-Men, and uh, Merc with a Podcast, which is all about Deadpool. So, Earth Mightiest Podcast, you'll see links there to everything from our Facebook group page to Patreon, etc., etc. But come hang out. We even have, you know... You guys are on the. You guys are on our Facebook group page where we post news and just chat it up. Always a plus. Always good stuff. And uh, people need to. If you're not checking out Corwin, check him out. He's he's clearly great. Check him out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, now for us. Now <laughs> Lanterncast at gmail.com. The best way to get in touch with us and to give us feedback. Uh, our voicemail also is 708 Lantern, another way to let us know what you think of our episodes and stuff you would like to hear. And yes, there will be some time in the near future where we actually can do episodes besides issue reviews. That is that, that is the dream we all cling to every every night when we do <laughs> when we go when uh, <laughs> us Lantern casters go to bed and we pray we click those ruby slippers three times that we're gonna get to that point. And I'm still I still holding out St. Walker's ring that we're going to get there by the end of May and be at least back on track. Uh, visit our, our website, lanterncast.com. Latest episodes, Ring Cyclopedia episodes, Dark Star reviews, though I think Jim may have been kidnapped by aliens because he hasn't sent us one to post in a while. I better ask, make sure he's okay. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can use hashtag GLCast to locate us on any of those. iTunes and Stitcher, we are on both, so wherever you listen to us, Please leave us a positive review. Next episode, I actually don't can't 100% guarantee what we're doing, but if I had to bet money, I'm going to bet that it's going to be Green Lanterns, probably maybe even a four-issue episode of Green Lanterns to try to make sure we're not too hopelessly behind on that because I think as we speak, we're six episodes, six issues behind. I believe that's correct since both issues in April have already come out. So if we don't do a four-issue episode next time, we got to do one, you know, quick, shortly thereafter. Maybe I'm, I kind of was pushing maybe to do the Batman thing as a two-issue episode, or maybe do three, the two issues of Batman and the really interesting one, the Volthoom origin issue. <laughs> but but we'll see. Uh, that's probably going to be the next thing you guys hear. And State of the Green Green Lantern Union, hopefully soon. And I know by the end of the second quarter, we have to finish off Green Lantern quarterly, which is embarrassing that we never got to do that at the end of last year. But once we once that completely <laughs> was brought to my attention when Chad and I were talking in the beginning of this year, we both knew based on where we were that we weren't going to get to it to the second quarter. But my goal is to get it done by the end of June, which will put it at the end of the second quarter. So I think uh, I think we'll make that goal. So. I think that's it, my friend. Indeed. Indeed. Well, thank you very much. And, and you know very well, even without the State of the Green Lantern Union, I'll I'll be drafting you again for something before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm always here if you guys need. Never doubt that. And I appreciate that. You really have certainly saved our bacon quite a bit in the last uh, few months. And I, and, I, and, I, and I can speak for Chad, too. We, great, we greatly appreciate it. And 
you and I always recorded well together. So hey, it makes it it makes it even easier. Easier, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> cool. So, good night, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>